Hey guys, Mubarak Shah, CPA, M&A advisor with DealMaven here today to talk to you about how to value a small business for sale. All right, so if you're consider considering ever selling your company, you obviously need to know how it's valued, okay? Because businesses don't necessarily have something like a Zillow, like they do for houses or Kelly Blue Book that you have for cars. So you need to figure out what are the factors that drive a business valuation. And there's a multi, multi-billion dollar industry in all of this, in industry reports, in Wall Street, finance valuation. So it can be a little bit tricky, but I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible for you guys here in this episode today so you can understand what are the factors that drive a business valuation and you know, ultimately understanding why, in reality, only about 20% of small businesses ever sell or even ever get to the point of being sellable. And so, you know, you might be wondering, why is that such a small percentage, especially if you're somebody that wants to sell? Um, and it's two reasons mainly. It's one is because of the business owner's failure to plan for a sale, actually. And then the second is more of like an unrealistic, unrealistic asking price, right? And that's what I see typically a lot of the times that business owners just it's hard you know people have that kind of metaphor that like your business is your baby right so how do you value your baby right and um you know fortunately there's actually kind of valuation metrics and methods and kind of standards that people use to be able to figure it out and so let me kind of talk a little bit about that to set the scene and then we'll get into more specific examples all right so there's a couple of number uh, a cu couple of kind of main business valuation methods like the industry standard all right, there's three of them that everybody knows about. If you were to go for like a job interview for like a valuation expert, this is what you should be expected to know. And this is kind of these three methods that I'm about to get into are like the holy grail of understanding it. And then you kind of use that as a baseline. And then there's certain exceptions. So what do I mean? Let's get into it. First one is the actual liquidation value of your business. Now, what does that mean? It means if you looked at all the assets in your business, right, depending on what it is, right, if you're a manufacturing plant, we're talking about the equipment and the machinery and whatever you actually own, right, whatever the assets on the balance sheet actually are. If you had to sell this today, what would that actually even mean? What would that end up being? That is kind of the floor. That's like pretty much the lowest value of your business. And so, for example, if you had inventory that you could sell at a discount for, say, $10,000, you know, that is kind of the minimum that you would ever sell your business on if you were like to fire sale it, right? Because why would you go any lower? So that's kind of like the floor price. That's how you understand what's the lowest value. Then there's two separate occasions. Uh, one is easier to understand. One is a bit more complicated and finance-like. So the second one is called comps-based. Now, like uh, comparable, right? So it'll be a multiple of a profit or revenue, right? So for example, accounting firms, for some reason, go for one times revenue, right? Whereas other companies, a lot of the times, they'll go off of a multiple, like an industry multiple off of like the net income. But it won't just be like regular net income because, for example, a lot of the times, depending on how you do your books and whether you're cash basis or accrual basis, there's ways that you can, you know, net profit can kind of be manipulated and it can kind of be confusing. So a lot of the times there's two types of definitions that we talk about. One is called SDE, which stands for seller's discretionary earnings. 
Um, and that's generally the most appropriate when you're dealing with small businesses. But then there's, you know, if you're under like a million or $2 million in revenue and there's small amounts, usually you look at SDE. And the other one is more like EBITDA, which is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization, or what's kind of known as like adjusted EBITDA, which is basically the concept here is that, yes, you have your net income, but let's scrub the business a little bit. Let's touch up the numbers to understand what is the true cash flow or what's the true profit that comes out of the business after you remove, say, personal expenses or one-time expenses. So for example, if you run a business and you, you know, a lot of times small business owners, they might run their personal expenses through it, right? Personal travel, car, gas, uh, meals, right? So to understand for a buyer to come in and really understand what's the true profitability of the business, they have to add that back, right? Because those aren't, you know, those aren't real expenses related to the business. That's just the, you know, the personal owner being kind of, you know, not cautious as, as they should be with, you know, spending and kind of mixing their personal and their business. And then, for example, if you did a one time renovation or just if you changed up something one time in the business that isn't a recurring part of the business, it's not typical. It was just a weird one off situation that's not going to happen again. But let's say it cost you fifty thousand dollars, then you as the seller shouldn't be you know, hurt because of that. That shouldn't affect your valuation and that shouldn't hurt the cash flow and understanding of the business because that's not going to happen in future years, right? So then that would also be what's something called like an add back. And that's how you get to like adjusted EBITDA. And then the third method, which is a bit more, which is everyone who has an MBA, which is what you went through a business school or what you heard of like financial modeling and people on Wall Street do is what's called a DCF, a discounted cash flow method. And so that's where you kind of derive a business's valuation based off of the future cash flows of the business, right? And the kind of thesis behind that is that, you know, DCFs are commonly used for like middle market businesses and obviously public companies. And what they're trying to essentially do is just figure out what the company's projections and growth rate is like, and then discounting that to a net present value. So for example, the thesis behind it is that, hey, a dollar next year isn't as good as a dollar today. And so maybe a dollar next year is worth only 90 cents today, right? And so they do a projection, they kind of project out the next five years of the company's cash flows based on current interest rates. And it's a whole kind of little bit of a formula. Seems a little bit tough when you first see it, but then, you know, you'll see that it's a very usual industry standard for financial modeling for anyone in finance and Wall Street, things like that. And um, they basically figure out a discount rate to be able to understand what the appropriate valuation of your business is. And so there's a few different factors and variables, like you might have heard of WAC, which is like the weighted average cost of capital, um, things of that nature. But I don't want to get too much into that. I just want to kind of lay the foundation of what is required and what you need to know as a seller, as a founder, um, if you are planning to or ever plan to sell your business, which makes a lot of sense, right? Unless you definitely know your kids are going to take over or you want to just run it for life and then let it just kind of fade away for some reason, which doesn't make any sense, then eventually you will want to sell your business. You will want to exit it 
And so what would be smart if you're spending so much time and effort throughout the whole process of kind of lining up your business is, you know, make sure that you have the appropriate steps in place and are keeping the exit in mind. So you know that, okay, I set my business up. So if it comes time to sell or if a buyer ever comes across with an interesting enough number that you have all of your stuff in a row to be able to sell it. Because imagine if tomorrow somebody offered you 20 million for your business, but you didn't have everything you needed to sell it. And so you weren't even able to sell it. And even though they wanted to throw money at you because you didn't set up your company right and take care of your financials in the right way, you are not even, a, they would have to just walk away because your your business is too much of a mess for them to even be able to figure it out. So that's why you work with a business broker potentially. That's why business valuation experts are there. But ultimately, what you should know is that all of the valuations from any professional business appraiser is going to basically come from your financial records. All right, that kind of encompasses probably 80% of your valuation. Because obviously, you know, you as a story of the owner is important. But honestly, the funny thing is that, you know, when you're going to invest money and do capital raising, yes, the owner and the management team and the C-suite team is super important and their backgrounds and all that because, you know, the investors are going to be putting in money and they're just hoping that the owners are going to figure it out. Unfortunately, it's the exact opposite when you're going to sell your business because they, you know, if, if I'm buying a business, right? And the owner is the most smartest, intelligent, you know, hardworking guy I've ever met. Well, I don't know if I'm going to have the same uh, impact and effect as him. You know, so if I was to take over his business, am I willing to work that hard? Am I as smart as him? Am I going to achieve the same results that he did, given that he's so much smarter and so much more effective? It almost hurts the business valuation. Whereas if you're almost like an absentee owner or lazy or like not interested or not very involved in the business, that actually increases the valuation of the business so much because then a future buyer understands that, hey, look, the owner's not even doing X, Y, Z. I can come in and do A, B, C and oh, we can make so much money if we do, you know, all this stuff. So, you know, that the funny part is when you're going to sell your business, you almost need to have it automated and you need to have yourself almost out of the business as much as possible so that any future buyer that wants to come in and buy the business is not intimidated by how, you know, effective you are because they want to know that they can still run the business even if you walked away tomorrow and that they're not going to have any issues because you're not involved in the business anymore. So just something, you know, an important caveat to keep in mind. But let's talk about kind of the financials that you need, right? So this is why it's important to have an accountant, a bookkeeper. And obviously, if you need any help, we're open. You know, you can text us 516-417-4941. But uh, basically, you're going to need probably at least two years, but most likely three years of monthly financial statements. Right. This means your balance sheet, your income statement, which is also called P&L, which stands for profit and loss. Um, and if you're you know, small businesses, don't typically compose a cash flow statement, you know, but that's something that if you can have, that's good. Um, and you need to make sure that these are done properly. Right. So you can get away with doing cash basis in your business as you're small. But as you grow, have a larger business, especially if you're in the seven figures, even after you, after you cross a million in revenue, you really need to start switching and thinking about doing accrual accounting because, you know, that's just what's legal. <laughs> so you kind of have to. And then there's your tax returns. Again, people want to see stability in the business. So a lot of the times you'll need two, if not three plus years of tax returns. Another reason why that's really important is not only is it important for the buyer, but 
also if they need to go out to a bank or a lender to be able to raise money or to their investors their investors or the lenders are going to ask for this information in order for them to raise capital to buy your business in the first place so that's why you need to kind of have this together you should have a list of the tangible assets in the business um, an aging of your accounts receivable your accounts payable a list of intangible assets and honestly, like there's business questionnaires online. I'll try to put one in the description or so. But, you know, they want to know about the business, the industry it's in, how it works, everything like that. So that's something definitely just to keep in mind. And so the most interesting part of kind of building the financials is just making sure that it's clean and you have your data room together. And it's of course, it's difficult. Most people and even myself in, in the past, I did not really have the most inclination to want to if I'm running a business and I'm the CEO and I'm running sales and marketing, it's very hard to kind of slow down and be like, OK, let us take a look at the numbers and make sure the financials are right, which is kind of funny just because I think it's boring. That's why people don't want to do it. But it's really the numbers that run everything. Right. Because who cares how your business is running if you're just running it into the ground. Um, so just kind of keep that in mind. But in general, these are the kind of things that you need to have available when you're going to sell your business. And so, you know, I have a good kind of resource that I'm going to be linking to. But uh, one of the things really to understand is how to come to SDE in the first place. Right. How to come to sellers discretionary earnings. And again, to value a small business, you, the first step is you determine your SDE or your adjusted EBITDA. And in this example, I'm going to talk about SDE, which is, again, seller's discretionary expenses. Um, and you multiply that by an industry multiple. So, for example, different industries have different multiples. And I'll link to something. There's something interesting called IBIS World, um, which has a bunch of different industry reports that kind of break down each industry has a different valuation and these things change they're just kind of like an estimate as to what multiple you put after you get your SDE so for example let's say you're looking at a small business that has let's say 800k in revenue right and it ends up with a taxable income of let's say 50,000 okay and then you have expenses of, let's just say, 25000 okay? And this is kind of something that I should probably have in a video format. But the main thing I want to kind of talk about is just wh what you need to add back and what you need to know. For example, the business, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, is that if the owner or if you as a uh, seller are setting up and kind of charging personal expenses to the uh, to for to the company credit card, right? That stuff all needs to be added back. Um, even for example, the owner's compensation ends up being added back because owner's compensation is like a variable amount, right? So, for example, one owner could take seven hundred thousand dollars a year if the company can afford it, and does that really mean that the company now? So, say the company did eight hundred thousand in profit. And then the seller, though, also took, you know, 700000 of that was the owner's compensation that he would take home. So now the business only shows 100000 in profit. But in reality, it only showing 100000 in profit because the owner took 700000 right? So shouldn't that 700000 be added back? So the answer is yes, it is, <laughs> because you take EBITDA, which is a taxable income per the tax return, you add back interest, depreciation, and amortization because depreciation and amortization are non-cash expenses, 
right? It's just like an arbitrary thing provided by the government to allow you to reduce your taxes. So that's why you kind of add that back. And then you have your EBITDA. And then what you would do is you would actually add back the owner's compensation and everything related to it, all the personal expenses. So what I mean is you would uh, add back the owner's compensation, add back their 401k contribution, add back their health insurance expense. Obviously, just the part that relates to the owner, right? And any personal expenses that they had, because that's not a true reflection of what should occur in the business. So then what happens is you get your SDE, right? So say your SDE is 250000 That's what you've kind of been able to calculate. Now, in order to figure out the value of your business, you have to kind of take that industry multiple. So there's different industry multiples. Um, you know, it's changing depending on the economy. Unfortunately, when we're in times of a recession, multiples are kind of going down. Whereas when we're in like 2000, like 2021, when everybody had so much money and, you know, things were just going crazy, like the multiples were expanding. So typically when you're a small business, just as a rough range, right, you, to know is that your valuation will probably be two to three times. So the multiple will probably be two or three X of whatever your SDE is. So for example, if you run a business that ends up with a profit, after you add back all your owner's compensation and your personal expenses, if it ends up making you about 250000 then generally speaking, you can feel pretty confident that your average roughly is worth between half a million to 750000 right? That's two times or three times the 250000 originally. And so, yes, there's certain, you know, if you have a special IP or special contracts or, you know, this is just kind of the baseline valuation. Then from there, there's exceptions. Sometimes things go better. Sometimes things go worse. Like there's a lot of different factors that influence a business. So another important one, just because I know I myself have probably missed out on almost seven figures worth of potential business value or enterprise value that I could have made if I just planned smarter for my, selling my own businesses is generally speaking, just like anybody, people want to see trends going up. People want to see a positive business, like you want to see revenue going up, profit going up. But unfortunately, the problem with most sellers is that they, you know, when times are good, they're like, why would I sell my business? And then when times are bad and revenues are going down and profit is going down, that's when they're like, oh, I need to sell my business or I want to get out. And unfortunately, that really hurts you because not only because, again, the trend that people are going to see is like they might. You, if your business is going up and up every month, you can just be confident that, hey, listen, buyer, uh, my company is, get, is great. Look, every month in the last six months or the last year, I've done more and more. So when you buy it, obviously, as long as you don't mess it up, it's just going to keep going higher and higher. But unfortunately, on the flip side, if your business is just going down and down, then it's a little tough because now the buyer is going to be a little skeptical. Like, hey, are you selling this business because there's a problem? Are we about to run out of money? You know, is everything just going to go to zero? Like what is going on? Right. So that's kind of the interesting thing to plan, too, is that you want to sell your business on a high. And in order to get the highest maximum value, certain factors like what is the kind of past revenue and kind of the past trends of your business is going to be important for kind of determining that valuation for your business. So, yeah, hopefully that makes sense to you guys. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Um, I provided my cell earlier that you can reach out to us, but you can also email us at Mubarak, M-U-B-A-R-A-K, at dealmaven.io. Hope to hear from you guys soon. Take care.